Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monte Hall. My guest today is Ettore Nicoletto. Ettore is the CEO of the Santa Margherita Group in Veneto in northeast Italy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank so you. this is one of Italy's most important wine groups. Yes, we are. We are in, in the private sector, at least. So is it fam- family-owned or shareholders? Fa- it's it's family-owned. Uh, the Mazzotto family owns this business, uh, and uh, they've been, uh, uh, let's say, owning this business for four generations uh, and for over 83 years. So it's it's a long history. So one of the, when I worked in my first wine shop in the 1990s, we stopped Santa Margherita Pinot Grigio, which has had an incredible success. What's the story of that particular wine, and why is it so important for the group? Well, it's it's an incredible story because it is a story of uh, process innovation and also product innovation. Basically, we tried uh, a, a new experimentation with uh, Pinot Grigio grapes, uh, by vinifying uh, the, the grapes off the skin or the wine off the skin and we obtained uh, a wine that uh, created a, a totally new category in, in, in the white wine business back in the 60s. And since uh, the 60s, uh, the Pinot Grigio has been a, a phenomenal success, not only in Italy, but also all around the world. And uh, most of the producers uh, and most winemaking districts all around the world tried to grow Pinot Grigio grapes and they make it a success themselves. So we we put Pinot Grigio on the map, so to speak. Yeah, it's almost like a brand, isn't it, Pinot Grigio? Yeah, I, I think uh, all around the world, uh, Santa Margherita is synonymous with Pinot Grigio and vice versa. I would say we're very proud of this. Okay, so in terms of the size of the company as a whole, how big are you in Italy in terms we, of either vineyards or sales? We are pretty much uh, in in the top ten, uh, but you know, uh, the the size uh, is not. Uh, as important as uh, performance and profitability. So we rank number nine or 10, but it's a classification that does not excite us much. We are going to close 2018 turnover wise at about 180 million euros. Total production will be at about 22 million bottles obtained from six different regions of of Italy because one of the things that uh, makes Santa Margherita uh, important in, in the winemaking business in Italy is the, the representation of uh, different geographies. And uh, we are in the most renowned areas of Italy for, for the wine growing. So from the Veneto uh, to Franciacorta, Alto Adige, Central Italy in uh, in Tuscany with um, with Chianti Classico and Maremma. I forgot Lugana uh, in Lombardy and Veneto. So that's one of the recent acquisitions, isn't it, Lugana? Lugana is one of the most recent acquisitions together with uh, a, a winery in uh, in Sardinia. You have to know, or you will probably know, that we have a white wine DNA. So we are very much attracted by uh, areas where fine white wines are produced. So Lugano is, is one of Italy's um, most famous white wines, even though it's not a huge region. It has uh, the wine sell for quite good prices, yeah? It uh, It is a very interesting uh, profile as a wine. I, I, I believe that uh, Lugano has the characteristics to become uh, the, the, the new Pinot Grigio the Pinot Grigio of the future, Uh, easy to drink, uh, uh, easy to combine with food, uh, easy to approach, so an easy wine, but it's still yet a complex wine. 
And so uh, we have a great expectations from, from Lugana. And Sardinia, you're working with many Vermentinos. Right? Sardinia, Sardinia for us is uh, Vermentino, but we were looking for Vermentino in Sardinia, and then we discovered Carignano, which is a, a, a fantastic red grape. So it's, it's you know, when, when you look for new territories, new wineries, it's, uh, it's about discovering. And it's interesting, interesting what you talk about Carignan because it's, it's a real underdog of a grape. Yes. Um, I've worked with Carignan and Roussillon. I'm a big fan of Carignan. I made a Carignan wine recently, honestly. And some critics really don't like it. Um, but for me, what you're doing with Carignan is very, very interesting that a big company can pick an underdog like that and do something with it. So what is, what is your marketing approach for a grape variety like that that many people may not know about much about? Talking about Carignano, uh, you, you have to speak about the territory first, you have to talk about Sardinia, you have to talk about the climate characteristics of the area and the special side of our vineyards that are uh, situated in the southwest of, uh, of the region. And then you have to, to talk about the wine, uh, the, 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 the strong uh, fruitiness, uh, the, the, the roundness of the wine, the, the, the authenticity, and uh, you know the fact that, uh, and this is one of the things I like about Carignano, is that it doesn't need uh, wood to express itself. Of course, you can use a, a touch of wood, but uh, the, the wine doesn't need much wood to, to make a statement. Is that saying something about trends at the moment? There has been that trend amongst consumers to try and find easier drinking wines, wines by the glass, wines that haven't had huge amounts of oak added to them. No, so Pinot Grigio is, is generally an un-oak wine. Yeah. Lugana can have oak, but it's not like a really oaky wine. You're talking about Carignan as well. Is that the trend that you're identifying then? Well, you know, uh, the, for sure there is a trend. Less oak, less oak fermentation. This has been happening for quite a while. I should say that in certain areas of the world, uh, you, you see a sort of comeback to, to wood, so it's uh, it's controversial. But you know, from our observation point, especially because our style, uh, the style we try to impart on wine is, uh, a, a, I wouldn't say an easy, but a, a food-friendly style. So a wine must be very pleasant and easy to match with food. Oak and wood in general is not uh, the the tool that we use uh, heavily. Of course, red wines sometimes need. Uh, need uh, either uh, small barrels or, or oak or casks. But uh, in general, we try to make the wine express itself without uh, a high degree of, uh, of wood to it. Are we going to see you buy Brunello estate then at some stage? You're talking about wood, the wine that Brunello, spends careers in wood. Brunello is a, is a fantastic uh, appellation. Uh, I would be a liar if I said that we haven't uh, explored uh, opportunities there. Uh, we haven't seen uh, you know, yet the turn of, of, of uh, the friendly car yet, but uh, for sure, it is something that we would like to see you know, in our portfolio wine down the road. And uh, of course, in the case of Brunello, wood is, uh, is essential to, to the making of a, a, a good Brunello. So you mentioned also Chianti Classico. That's a wine I think is really coming back um, strongly in terms of quality and in terms of the way it's being marketed, sort of uh, communal, not appellations, but um, really breaking the terroir down. What's your situation like in Chianti Classico then? Well, in Chianti Classico, we are well equipped. We have uh, two estates. We are very proud of especially one of them, which is Lano de Grano, which is uh, situated uh, 600 uh, meters above the sea level. So it's a, a kind of heroic uh, wine growing. Uh, we are happy because we, we are able to produce elegance. So it's a very sandy yes. soil, isn't it? High altitude sand. It's a unique, it really is a unique it's place. A uni yeah. It's a unique terroir. We, we are fully organic. Uh, 
and we, we make splendid uh, Chianti Classicos, uh, multi-awarded, uh, and uh, again, easy to combine, to match with food, which is extremely important. So you have acidity, you have tannins, soft tannins, but you have tannins. You have a wine which is very lively, still robust, but not uh, particularly muscular. This is a very difficult question to answer in two words, but if anybody can do it, you can. What is, how different is the approach when selling wine in Italy to Italians and, say, America or the rest of Europe? Is it a big, you have to do a big mindset switch when you're selling? No, not really. Uh, the difference, uh, I believe, uh, uh, lies in the fact that in Italy you can do direct to consumer. So it's easy if you're able to uh, communicate uh, the characteristics and the features of a wine. Whereas in, in the United States, you have the three-tier system in most cases, and that makes it very difficult to communicate a wine. Uh, and, uh, you know, the story behind the wine, uh, the, the, the heritage of the winery, the terroir. So it's difficult to make a consumer travel without, uh, you know, being able to, to talk to him. And uh, we have uh, too many tears before getting to the consumer that, uh, that it is very difficult uh, to, to create a solid and an effective communication in, in the United States. But things may change. You know, direct-to-consumer is, uh, is gathering speed in, in America. It has uh, a, a reached a significant value in, uh, against the old market value on and off-premise. So I feel that uh, in future we may be able to, to establish a stronger contact with consumers also in, uh, in, in America. Have you ever considered getting your own base in America, say, like um, an environment? to mention Zonian, for example. Well, we already have uh, our own uh, operation, our import operation in America, which is doing very well. In, very is that happy. based in just one state, or is it we, Our headquarters are in Miami, okay. in Florida, but we have uh, 40 district managers and uh, regional managers uh, scattered all around the territory, all around the United States. And we do a very nice job on behalf of our our brands, the, the, the group's brands. The future, in my opinion, is uh, a winery. In America, will it be in Napa, will it be in Washington State or in Oregon? I don't know. But we are seriously looking into opportunities because, uh, again, uh, having a winery uh, situated in the United States can give you access to the DTC business, which is uh, something we believe uh, will become uh, a big slice of the pie in the commerce of wine in America in future. Do you think having a, your own base in America also makes American critics take you more seriously, or do you not think that's important? I don't know. I think we we were serious before. We are still serious. Nothing has changed. Uh, the advantage that we see is that we are closer to the market. We speak to our distributors. We spend time with them. Uh, we, are you like uh, staff, staff training, sales training? A lot. A lot. We have people fully dedicated to, to do education, staff training, which is key. It, it is key because otherwise we are we will be equal to, to the others. We want to show the differences. We want to make a difference and we want to, to speak about our wines in detail. We want to, the distributors and the consumers to understand why Santa Margarita wine groups are different and better. I know you're a very keen golfer. You are, how tall are you? I'm 197 centimeters, close were, to two meters. So you were previously a professional basketball player? No, I was a volleyball player. You were? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a volleyball player. Really? Not, not professional, but I, I played well. I, can, I still can play well. Okay, so, um, I mean, when you, were, when you were younger, when you were small, um, did you ever envisage yourself getting to where you are now, or did you have a completely different thought for your not potential really. career? Not really. I wanted to be a doctor, a medical doctor. 
so quite a different job. But uh, why was that? Did you were your parents in the medical profession? I was just uh, I was just uh, passionate about that. You know, I, I still am. You know, the guy who tries to cure you or to give you the antibiotics, the something for for your allergy. Uh, you know, uh, it's something that. Uh, is part of me. So that that um, obviously the kind of diet aspect is is uh, quite key to you in terms of. I mean, how do you see the play now on wine as part of a healthy diet? Um, is that a big thing or not really? Well, I think uh, um, wine, uh, if uh, if drunk in moderation, is is part of uh, of your daily diet. I drink wine every day. Uh, sometimes, but just because of my profession, uh, you you tend to exceed. But as long as you are, you're not driving. And uh, you can. Because uh, you, you, you one of your hobbies is driving motorbikes. Motorbikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah but no longer, no longer, because you know I, I used to participate in uh, in international motorbike. Races. You really you represented yeah. Italy, did you? I represented Italy. Oh, yes, amazing. it was uh, in the eighties, though. You know, quite a quite a long time ago. But that was my most important sport when I was younger. Did you have a special? I mean, you are incredibly tall. Did you have a special bike or? No, just uh, some some arrangements to make it easier to to ride. But uh, no, no special arrangements. I was uh, I had some talent. I must. Uh, so you you you're multi-talented. Guy. I mean, you, do you? What about what are you? It's a personal question about your kids. I mean, are you do you let them get on with it, or are you behind them saying, "Come on, push no, yourself"? No, 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 no. They are free. I, I have one daughter, 15 years old. She plays golf with me. She never plays golf with me though, because she she knows that you always want to win, right? No, but it's not. Uh, it's just uh, she feels the pressure, but I. I Put pressure, so it just must be by face. <laughs> so, what do you like with the staff? Though, I mean, you know, we, sometimes we think you know CEOs of companies are just always on people's cases; they're always behind them. How do you manage people? Well, I, I, I think uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I, I manage uh, by terror. Uh, I can be intense. I can be intense, but uh, I think I'm, a, I'm a, an easy uh, leader uh, as a CEO. Uh, I try to, to involve people, and uh, most important, I try to tell people why I'm asking something. I'm not simply asking, do this. I'm asking, please do this, but I explain to them why I'm asking that. Oh, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. Okay. I mean, do you enjoy being the CEO of such an enormous company with the pressure? Do you thrive on that? Or do you wake up sometimes and think, God, this is such a big ship I'm driving. It's 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 beyond me, all these the multinational company that you are. Let's face it, I, I like the, the thrill of, of doing this job. Uh, if I didn't, uh, probably I wouldn't be here because it's complex, it's uh, challenging. So speaking of challenges, climate change is a big one. How are you dealing with that? It is a big challenge. It is a big challenge, and I think it's a little undervalued, underestimated by, by the industry in general. We're trying to buy land uh, on hills. Uh, we're trying to encourage and to increase or incentivize, uh, you know, the, the, the growing of vines uh, at uh, higher altitude in uh, Alto Adige, in Franciacorta. Uh, but doesn't that impose extra cost, though? I mean, obviously, it, it does absolutely. It, uh, but uh, it's a change we have to adapt to. And if it is uh, more costly, we'll have to live with it. But uh, it, it's happening. Yeah. We, we can we can tell we can we can taste it. Uh, it's happening, and we have to to be smart uh, to learn how to deal with it. So even though you, so it must be quite a brave decision buying a vineyard not so long ago in Sardinia. 
So you're, so you're really looking everywhere. You're, you're keeping your options open, hotter climate areas and also cooler climate areas in the north. Yeah, you have to balance your your portfolio. Your holdings. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Ettore Nicoletto, CEO of the Santa Margarita Group. Really nice to talk to you. Um, great conversation. Golf, wine. We've been around the world a little bit. Climate change, meteorology, and motorcycle riding. It's wow. great. I mean, for a, for, a, for a besuited, very smart CEO, you're actually quite a groovy guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd just be on. Oh, Thank just you. Big, big shot CEO. Thank you. you know, Next time, we'll come with a T-shirt. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, just wear some shorts, though. That's, otherwise, you'll get arrested where we are. Yeah. <laughs> People might ask, start asking you questions. Anthony, really nice to meet you. Thank great you. stuff. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.